0: Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman. This is episode 241. It is a conversation with John Newton. He is a writer, a musician, an academic. Uh, He's a poet primarily, and his new book, his brand new book, is actually a novel, but it's a novel written entirely in verse. came out through VUP a couple of weeks ago. It is called Escape Path Lighting, Um, and spoke to John this conversation was recorded the day after the launch. So you will hear us referencing that, referencing Fergus Barrowman giving the launch speech. And it was a shared launch with poet Bernadette Hall and poet Jeff Cochrane. Um, but ahead of that, John's written a couple of volumes of poetry in the last uh, decade. He's also been working on a three part volume, a history of um, 20th century New Zealand literature. The first book is available. That was been, uh, written a few years ago and he's, so he's working on volume two and three. Uh, And uh, around the time I first met him, probably 2007 or eight, he had written a book called The Double Rainbow about James K. Baxter and about Jerusalem. Um, And so we get into this history of how we know each other, because I played in a couple of bands with John. He was a lecturer at Canterbury University when my wife Katie was a student there, and they knew each other. And when he moved to Wellington, they had bumped into each other, reconnected, and I think I went along to the book launch with her and he was looking for a drummer, something like that. It's pretty, pretty simple, funny story. I ended up playing uh, music in a couple of bands with John, sort of country music, primarily songs he wrote. I loved his songs and, and told him that during this podcast. Um, yeah, so that was fun and uh, he's currently down in Dunedin doing the uh, Burns Fellowship and I uh, May possibly move back to Wellington, I guess, next year or or somewhere else, Christchurch again. Um, But, yeah, we had a big old chat about writing. Uh, John is a fantastic writer, a fantastic, uh, huge knowledge of New Zealand literature and... uh, And, um, yeah, and obviously a huge fan of music, so we did get to chat a bit about that. Um, So it was a nice reconnection between me and John, and I enjoyed his book, Escape Path Lighting. It's very funny, Um, and you should check that out. And this is me talking in depth with John Newton. So I'm trying to work out um, how we met and know each other. I sort of know, but it it was over a decade ago
1: now. I reckon we met... Uh, I reckon we met through Katie. But,
0: well, we did, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I think you, I think you came to the launch party for, maybe for the double rainbow.
0: Yeah, we definitely came to that.
1: And um, and I reckon that that and I yeah, actually I can remember this. We both, mm. we because I was trying to Tony and I Tony Payne and I were trying to put. Together, what eventually became the Tenderizers, mm. and we were having a conversation with Katie. I was mm. having a conversation with Katie about we were looking for a drummer, and Katie said, "Oh, Simon's a drummer." Mm, mm. I said, "Simon, I want to play with us." <laughs> <laughs> said, oh, Simon will play with anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, and that was good. Now, so and you knew Katie because you had taught her. You'd been. A lecturer. I don't know that
1: I might have cool. lectured. Yeah, I lectured her. Yeah, I, think. Yeah. I, did, I didn't. Yeah, You said it. Yes, I did. Yeah, so I, yeah. I did know her. Um, and I, Canterbury. You know, from Canterbury, and I knew her. Yeah, you know, I knew her worked well from yeah. Canterbury because she was a. She was a. You know, she was the. She was the, the the star the star, the star output yeah, of the yeah, yeah. creative writing program at Canterbury, yeah. such as it was in those days. Yes, I,
0: mean, yes, I remember and reading she... the
1: first, the very first version of the Linoleum Room. Oh right, when yeah, it was yeah. still When it was still versed. untitled, or yeah, yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah was, that's it was, right. It was, it was poetry initially. I think, yeah, the yeah, that I yeah. It was reading.
0: very yeah, and poetry was her thing. Yeah, and uh, I think she may return to it.
1: And then, of course, it later turned out that that would be good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's um, definitely um, contemplating. Returning to writing and has a couple of things, but I know poetry. There's, there's a, there's a, a thing sitting there, mm. a, a if not a completed uh, volume, then oh, than cool. notes towards a volume that might get completely turfed and started again, or or might just get yeah. sort of re, re looked over. I would love to see that. I yeah, really, yeah, would. yeah, we're would be, we're we a bunch of us are very keen for her to to do that yes yeah yeah yeah. so we yeah so we played in this band for a bit and uh talked a lot about music Mm, and um and then in the course of that time you put out a couple of other um books so yeah the double rainbow was a james k baxter book but then you did a couple of volumes of poetry and that was your return to poetry
1: yeah Um, because
0: you published back in what the early uh, the mid 80s
1: yeah I think that my my first book um, it came out in 1985, which is my only book for mm. you know, for a long long time and I sort of and then yes it's, it's that was your only book of
0: poems until yeah, 2010 until
1: two th- 2010
0: mm. yes so what what um, you know speaking of people that returned to poetry what scared you off just um, regular I, employment
1: well no I think I think I sort of the answer is probably that I overthought it. I reckon that's what happened. I, I mean, I, in in a, you know, I was helped a lot by the academic context of the time, and I, you know, I I I was, you know, I was on a sort of university track, or I got onto a university mm. track, and um, it was the era of sort of high theory, mm-hmm. and you know the, you know, structuralism was sort of making its, you know, was taking over the, you know, the humanities and and here as it had everywhere else, and. I I think what I what I thought I could do was sort of reconcile you know find a way to reconcile what I wanted to do as a poet and what I wanted you know what I was you know felt obliged to do and what I was interested in doing as as a as a you know aspiring mm. academic and and that and, you know it turned out that was just sort of setting the bar sort of too high yeah, you know, yeah yeah I couldn't I couldn't sort of you know I couldn't sort of satisfy both you know both imperatives at the same time mm. and um, yeah just um, I just sort of made it too difficult for myself and I think the things that I wanted to do as a poet at the time were just made to seem too naive by the sort of um, by the kind of sort of you know the theoretical work that I was doing you know in my what was in my day job mm. you know, mm. I got a bit sort of trapped between the two mm. um, but it, it was also I don't know it was a hard I, I was Part of the reason I guess that I went in, you know, went down that sort of theory track was that I was finding it hard to go to know where to go next. You know, I think I was at a bit of a, uh, you know, it wasn't yes, it wasn't easy to find for me to find a place to speak from at, mm-hmm. at, at, at that stage. I could sort of sense that a lot of the things that I'd, um, you know, that I'd sort of absorbed, you know, as a younger person reading, and um, that I'd sort of absorbed from the kind of, you know, the local tradition and so forth, you know, I was sort of picking them up, you know, at their end point in a way, and I wasn't quite sure how to, you know, how to go on from there. Mm
0: -mm. Well, let's go back, because I'm, and if I ask you something, or ask you to talk about something that you might think I already know, that's, that's for the purposes of this, but let's go back to how you, how you, how and where you came into this world, and how you find yourself interested in poetry. So because because poetry is such a, you know, even when you aren't publishing mm, poetry, you're thinking about it yeah. and you're writing about it. And we'll, we'll we'll get to that. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, OK. So, I well, I grew up uh, on a sheep farm in the Marlborough Sounds, a place called Port Underwood. And it was very isolated, um, very beautiful, very romantic, um, but kind of gothic. And uh, so, I, you know, it's as as typical sort of as a, as a, as a archetypal sort of romantic poets beginning, you know, um, mm. lots of space around me, um, uh, very lonely, dysfunctional family, <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, and I, I think, think material is just gathering itself. It was yeah, absolutely. And I spent, spent a lot of, a lot of time by myself in my own head and, you know, my parent, my father was a kind of verbal kind of person when he, when he felt like speaking and, uh, I, you know, I think I absorbed the, if I, if I look back on, any you know, the first poetry I ever, um, I ever, um, that I can remember was probably Dr. Seuss, you know. <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> so it's just barely, you know. I mean, that doesn't have to be the beginning of a career in poetry, but it's, that's, it's you know, <laughs> it's, that, that sort of it, stuff is, you know, made a huge impact on me. Yeah. I, remember, I remember learning. I learned to, I could recite, before I could read, I used to be able to recite the, the sleep book. Yeah. Um, I probably still can recite it, um, <laughs> some of it. Um, I, you know, I couldn't read it, but I turned the pages as, as I was reciting, you know.
0: When I started reading uh, that stuff to Oscar when he was little, so I guess, you know, first time I'd read it in a while. I started reading Green Eggs and Ham and mm. thinking actually this isn't that far off a lot of Bill Manheim stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know
1: <laughs> And I think yeah, I think some of the rhythms have stayed that, with me. Yeah. yeah, well that's what I mean. Yeah, like I started
0: I started reading passages of that and mm. as I heard it out loud I went, This is a bit like how Bill reads some of his stuff. Yeah, like yeah. you know, the these forms. Like mm. I bet that stayed with with him, you
1: yeah. know. I mean, Then you know, the news just came in from the county of Keck that a very small bug by the name of Van Beck. I think that's anapestic tetrameter yeah. yeah, yeah. or something, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Amazing! It is amazing. And I um, mean, you know, I think like when you're given the chance to to reread stuff like that, and uh, uh, you 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 see something in it and go, oh, actually, that was always there. Mm. That that cemented itself in me. But like, f- yeah, for me, rereading that stuff to Oscar. I went. Yeah, this is this is huge. This was huge in my life.
1: And actually, I could look back at that now and say, well, there's at least you know I can think of at least three things in that that have that have stayed with me and still matter to me now. Like you know, I love rhyme. Mm. It's very unfashionable. But I think rhyme's great. Mm. You know, I like rhyme. I like rhyme because it, I like rhyme because of its sort of because it's fun and because of its sort of artificiality. You mm. know, it, it it puts the sort of artifice up front in a way that I always that I enjoy. Um, I like narrative, obviously, mm. and um, and comedy you know yeah, those yeah. are simply, you know, narrative and comedy have been the have been you know absolutely abiding themes of what i've wanted to do
0: yeah 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 so what um what are you what are you thinking you're going to do when you're in this um in this still in this growing up phase you're living in your head you're yeah. gathering um these experiences and you're gathering this material for later without knowing it.
1: No, uh, yeah, of but, course I had, I, mean, I, yeah. I had no idea. But no. I, I did, but I, you know, I wrote, I wrote as, you know, I wrote poems as a little, yeah, you know, I can remember yeah. writing poems as a little boy writing poems. You know, I did correspondence school with my, uh, uh, you know, supervised by my mother. I hated it. I can also remember until what age, like until s- through the primers and halfway through yeah. standard one, and yeah. I went to boarding school. Um, very young, I went to boarding school when I was seven. Wow. Um, which was is, is obviously a story um and uh, but I you know I kept you know I, I always you know I was a bookish kind of kid and i and, and i you know I I wrote him you know I wrote I wrote for fun but the 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 big thing that happens I had a very I had a very good and uh, uh, a very good uh, English teacher at at, um, at secondary school and um he got he uh, He's, he's well his well-known teacher, a guy called Peter Smart, who wrote the, he wrote the English textbooks that everybody mm. used in, when I in, in, in the nineteen seventies or sixties, nineteen seventies in the nineteen seventies, and, um, but he he knew that I was writing poetry, or he heard that I was writing poetry because his son was a friend of mine, um, it's Jonathan who we we're talking about before, oh yeah who's, yeah, who's, who, Jonathan Smart who's yeah. uh, the art dealer yeah. and, um and you know, Peter knew that I was writing poetry, and he took me aside, and he said, I mean, you know, he asked if, I could, if he could see some of the stuff that I was writing." This is when I was about fourteen, and um, and he took me aside, and he um, you know, he read the stuff, and I remember sitting outside on a bench outside the, the library at school, and him, you know, uh, you know, turning to me in this fatherly way and saying, "Yes, well, look, you're very talented. There's you know, there's probably about a thousand people of your ability in the country, and you know, five of them will become poets." and those that do will have the most miserable life and you know <laughs> you know they'll you know everybody you know if, if they're any good they'll be ignored and if they're you know and if they you know they'll die in poverty and yada yada, yada and, you know, syphilis and heroin and you know etc et mm, mm. and and of course i was totally. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> bring it. And, that, and seriously, that was that was my that was my career moment. You know? Yeah. Was, and from that from that stage, honestly, from the time I was fourteen, I that, that was always going to be my career. I was going to be a parrot. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. funny that stuff. The number of people have gone to me. You know, the the old thing. No one grows up wanting to be. You know, a reviewer and you know a reviewer a failed musician and stuff. And it's like, I have wanted to write record reviews since I was fourteen. That's yeah. easily the age, yeah. and if it wasn't fourteen, it was yeah. 30 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It certainly wasn't younger than that, but it's the mm. same thing. It was mm. just writing and, and poetry and stuff too. Mm. But you know that the path was set.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I mean, obviously, I spent quite a lot of time working in a, in a university, but it was because you know, you know the the career, sort of the vocational model that i you know that, that we absorbed back in the 60s and 70s told you that you could be a sort of poet mm, and a professor mm. at the same time and that was sort of you know that they were sort of compatible professionally mm. and that was in, in the in the in the fifties and sixties, I suppose that was the approved sort of career model. Yeah, yeah. Um it sort of ran out a bit later, but uh so no, it's always been there's never a been any people, question about the, the vocation. Pe-
0: yeah, a few people got a good run out of that. Mm, mm, like it's mm, a good way to do it. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Um and so where does music enter into the equation for you, if not as a any sort of player but just in your life.
1: It was always pretty much part of the same package mm. and i think that my understanding of poetry w- was heavily sort of filtered uh through my the way i understood music i mean mm. which is not you know, i don't understand music in a sophisticated way but i was hugely influenced by i was lucky to have a, a a brother who was six years older than me so i sort of absorbed i absorbed kind of you know classic 60s 70s yeah, yeah. um you know late 60s music through through his record collection and i there is a moment that it's a real it's a real sort of light bulb moment for me um, as much as that conversation with peter was i can remember um, being at my grandmother's house in blenheim and i was i was 8 or 9 at the time and hearing through the wall and the, we didn't have a we didn't have a, a record player of any kind at home on the farm but there was a gramophone at uh, at my grandparents place in blenheim and my brother coming home from school with records and as I say, I was eight or nine at the time, and actually, I remember I was I was, in, I was lying in a bath, funnily enough, and in the living room he was playing records, and I hearing uh, hearing Mr. Tambourine Man, and it was the first time I ever I understood sort of the you know the the thrill of sort of melancholy in mm. in music and the,
0: the Bird's and, version. No, no,
1: the Dylan. The version. Dylan version. Yeah, and um, and uh, it was first time. I'd heard I'd heard Dylan before and mean anything to me mm. um and yeah i sort of preferred the seekers version <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah yeah whatever but but then but that was the first time i got yeah, it's
0: funny i mean I, you know because of my age i heard the birds version mm. first and mm. when i heard the dylan version i loved it mm. but it's it's so grim mm, mm. you know stripped of the yeah. shiny rickenbackers yeah, yeah, yeah. which which is a lovely yeah. touch you know i do like the birds version mm. but they did make it all shiny
1: so you know what I heard, and what I heard, and that was what I would later, you know, later heard in country music and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. And I've always been, you know, I'm fascinated by, I'm fascinated by, by the sort of poetics of, the poetics of melancholy.
0: Yeah. Well, those same things are in country music, aren't yeah, exactly. they? Narrative, humour, and yeah, rhyme. Yeah. yeah those yeah, exact yeah, same things are
1: yeah, there. Yeah. And um, so uh, I think, you know, I think it in some ways it probably limited the kinds of poetry that I was able to appreciate. I it 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 gave me, a, you know, it 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 uh it, it established i guess a taste for you know a sort of bias towards the lyric poetry mm. you know and romantic poetry i suppose um you know i tend to look for poetry that felt a bit like the music that i loved i mean mm. i became a i became a huge dylan freak during my teenage years and that was you know that everything was sort of oriented around that before and then later i sort of shifted across to you know more into country music but um uh you know during during as an adolescent you know i wanted stuff that that's you know that sort of Felt a bit like that sounded, and I think, I think I probably wanted. You know, I knew I could never be a real musician, but I think I wanted to. You know, I had this idea that that poet. You know, I mean, we've heard that before, haven't we? That poets are failed musicians. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. I think, I think, I thought, I did think of it very much as a kind of, as a kind of, um, as a substitute for, for 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 music, and it wasn't in an era, of course, where it was the era. You know, I grew up. Uh, you you know. I sort of weaned on the sort of the seventies sort of kind of Bardic tradition. And it was that era when poets were trying to be rock stars, you know, and mm, um, mm. I think I had this idea that, that, that I could be one of those.
0: Yeah. 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 Cause, and I was going to ask, like, does the, did it change for you, I guess the academic in you versus the musician in you and the pop music listener in you? Um, do you just always kind of, group great songwriters in as poets or do you start to differ you know you know because like the accepted thing is like dylan is allowed to be called a poet i think because of his influence essentially and leonard cohen because he was a poet first and foremost and then maybe the other one is for the punks um patty smith combines elements of both of them and then anyone else it's like even if they have published a volume of poetry on the side or their lyrics read really well then a lot of people go well that's a you
1: know Paul Simon's not a poet, he's a musician. Um, I I um, I I take a slightly sn- well, I was gonna say a snobbish line on this. I, yeah. no, I just think I just think it's the right line. Really. I, I mean I don't think any of them are poets, they're musicians, yeah. you know. And yeah. that's and um, I yeah, I think it's kind of insulting to 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 a, a good songwriter to try and call them a poet as if that yeah, was somehow yeah. dignifying what yes. they're doing. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: You know, yeah, so in that sense really the only one that you can sort of call a poet as Leonard Cohen yeah, Leonard because Columbus, he actually yeah, was yes. not just a published poet but right. a famous yeah. published poet
1: you know and because to me um I you know I even even it, well no not necessarily perhaps not even you know perhaps there are exceptions to this but but you know song lyrics to me are about sound you yes know, it, yeah yeah and um it's uh, you know that it's it's sound and feeling sort of created mm. sculpted out of out of you know out of you know, I yeah, mean, it's a, verbal sounds, but I'm—I um, I, I don't, you know—I've never cared much about what songs mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. And certainly when I, you know, in my my um my and it's a
0: marriage, constant yeah, marriage between yeah. the two, isn't it? Exactly. Like, and yeah.
1: what you're looking for when you're writing lyrics is—is is, you know, a sound that will marry something the, that fits. Yeah, that will, yeah, exactly. That will <laughs> yeah. marry the, you know, the. Show. I like—I always yeah. quote
0: that um, Paul Kelly line in his in his book of lyrics, which I think is one of the really good mm. books of lyrics because mm. a lot of you know. Paul Simon is to me a great lyricist and I did not enjoy reading his lyrics mm-hmm. I enjoy hearing them mm-hmm. um, but Paul Kelly you can read them mm-hmm. and he says in the intro that if the he talks about this marriage and he says if the music's doing its job properly it charges the good lines and it obscures the weak ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, which mm-hmm. I really like yeah. you know I think yeah. that's that's exactly it like some sometimes it is just a placeholder and you mm-hmm. can get away with that mm-hmm. you probably can't get away with a placeholder in a poem no um
1: the one tries sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, having said that, I mean, look, I do pay a lot of attention to to lyrics, and I think a lot about lyricists, and I can mm. talk for hours about who who I think the good lyricists are and so on. But uh, but they are doing yeah, a, they're yeah. doing a different thing. You know, yeah,
0: like, I mean, I listen to that new Bill Callahan album mm-hmm. and go, "That's a book of short stories mm. that just happens to be mm-hmm. an album." Mm. But I still, and I know he's written a book of short mm. stories, but I still want to hear it mm. as an, you know, I still want to hear that weird. Mm. half spoken half sung thing that he does and i still want to hear his chords and his mm. arrangements i don't actually just want to read the lyrics
1: yeah. last last year or so i, I finally very belatedly discovered willy vlautin and right. richard yeah. fontaine yeah. And, you know the lines and yeah. all this stuff and and i did read one of his novels which i you know yeah. I quite liked but uh not half as much as i like the song the song is good performer too, i Yeah. <laughs>
0: We saw him in uh, San Francisco a few years ago doing a reading. Mm -hmm. And I've read three of his books. I think he's done five now. And um, I've liked them, Mm -hmm. but the best thing I've seen him do was read a handful of short stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of waiting for the announcement one Mm -hmm. day that he's going to release a a, a book of short stories. I Mm -hmm. think that is um, what he would succeed most Mm -hmm. at because mm. I guess that's, that's a closer thing to what he's doing in his songs
1: yeah you know yeah, his yeah, songs
0: yeah. really are little, be, you know those DeLine's records are beautiful aren't yeah,
1: they, they like where, where he's writing for someone else's voice mm-hmm. and she's um, a great singer she's a great singer Though I think he's a bit hard on himself as a singer, I mean, yeah, I a good singer. I yeah I agree what I what I absolutely adore about Richmond Fontaine is, is the fact that you know unlike nearly all those all those old country bands of that era mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they, they kept the emphasis on steel.
0: Mm, you know, mm.
1: they does not much guitar, not much electric guitar, not much yeah, lead guitar, yeah, yeah. but fantastic steel playing.
0: So they're more yeah. towards the country than yeah, the alt. But, but yeah, yeah, in <laughs> that sense, you know, the, yeah.
1: but it's it's still got, you know, it's still got, you know, uh, it's still got mm, a, mm. a, you know, a kind of, you know, sort of rock derived sort of feel to it. Mm, but mm. but the, the, you know, he lets the steel provide all the colour. Oh, for I sure. Don't the, I don't know who I don't don't remember the steel player's name, but he's so good. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. It's a uh,
0: Paul, someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know. No, the the. Um, he two of his books, um, he's done instrumental soundtracks for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you you know, that's almost like showing off mm. <laughs> uh, to be a published novelist that also just contributes a whimsical. Score as a bonus thing, yeah. but they're lovely, like yeah, they're, they're, very they're good, yeah. you know, they're, they're beautiful because it is that guy from Richmond Fontaine playing the, playing the color yeah, no, instrumentals,
1: and like, oh, yeah, those fantastic. Cheers! How can you just throw those
0: away? Instrumentals, yeah, yeah, on, like, <laughs> <laughs> totally, like right for them, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I, I sort of just assumed that he would be someone that you would be all over for many years, yeah, no, I didn't
1: know about him, but is, isn't, it that, nice, it's been isn't <laughs> that cool, though? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm
0: you know, the same thing happens with me, and people go, Don't you listen to blah blah blah? It's like, Oh, I've only just just Mm. heard them now Mm -hmm, and I'm just mm -hmm. catching up and I love that like especially when there's a reasonable but finite catalogue to get to like it's you know like man if you I mean no one would do this I don't think but if you fell in love with Frank Zappa tomorrow (laughs)
1: that's
0: (laughs) that's you until the end of your count you know like what's the (laughs) what's the point in that like that's just too much or
1: um
0: so okay so so you go and do what you go to university
1: and you yeah I went to I went oh, well, barely. I came, I came up to Victoria in nineteen seventy eight as an you know, eighteen year old, and I I stayed at the university about three months and and quit, um, and I went to uh, and you know, I spent a couple of years basically taking the direct approach to sort of being a being a beatnik poet. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, and uh, it was very much a the, the there's, a, there's a there's a long poem and or ish poem in the front of that book called. Um, Lives of the Poets, yeah, which is yeah. one I published in 2010. It's a narrative thing about, um, uh, um, you know, a young, a young, a young apprentice Beatnik in Sydney, and that, that was sort of, I thought of that, that as, a, as the, the sort of that poem as being about sort of miseducation, you know, it's miseducation of, yeah. <laughs> of moi, yeah. um, the, you know, just sort of being so, so. Uh, Wired onto all that sort of, all that sort of romantic, sort of beatnik stuff. That university sort of meant nothing to me. You know, I wanted to go out there and, yeah, yeah. you know, do it yourself. Do it yourself and you know live and yeah, do, you you, know. you had
0: the shortcut. Yeah, yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: And which is, a you know, and that's it's always it's very much the 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 romantic tradition in poetry, isn't it? That you you're looking for the direct route to, to sort of transformation. You know, mm. um, which you know intense experience. Drugs, of yeah, course. You yeah. know, um, You know. Um, you know. Fucked up personal relationships, of course. <laughs> and you know. And um. Uh, and you know, it's a I look you You know. Uh, I'm a testament to what how miseducation can fuck you up because I've really never managed to weed myself off any of that stuff.
0: <laughs> and and this is all leading towards the publication of the book, the first book.
1: Um. So the yeah the first kind of like, so kind of but I. But then I, the f- uh, I went, um, I, I th- I then went back to I went back and started university sort of three years out of school, mm-hmm. and started studying, uh, and the first thing that I it was at that point that I sort of, you know, kind of got New Zealand literature for the first time, uh, and uh, I did uh, New Zealand literature and Christchurch with um, 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 Patrick Evans. Who's become a you know is a lifelong friend of mine and um and that was sort of my introduction to to the you know to uh, to, yeah, to New Zealand writing and uh, that that was a fairly sort of fatal moment as well mm. uh, in terms of you know that that really has established my sort of academic direction from that day that day to this and so I started writing you know when I started writing you know the poetry I wrote after that was quite different. And was sort of self-consciously kind of local, but I suppose what I got out of that was, for the first time, was a way of sort of processing my experience as a child.
0: Mm, so mm. my
1: first book was, was, you know, it's sort of written in the present tense, but it's really, it's really actually, you know, memories of what I was doing and seeing when I was a when I was a child on the farm.
0: And that's the only book of yours that I don't know. I, I, I gather it's long out of print.
1: It is long out of print. It's. Um, uh,
0: do you come across it I, like, if I ever? You, if I I yeah, occasionally yeah. see
1: one in a bookshop, and you'll I buy it. Yeah, yeah, do. of course. Yeah. I think I've got two copies. At yeah, the moment, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Um, because I, you know, I buy one and I wind up you know, I wind giving it away to Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've got two copies. Um, yeah. The,
0: uh, yeah. Richard Langston's just written this really good poem about um, seeing a copy of one of his books and buying it and being a bit embarrassed about it, and the person in the secondhand shop saying, actually the biggest customers in our poetry section are poets buying back their own <laughs> it's very good he hasn't published that poem yet but it's oh, excellent and, there is it's, that, so, and that, it's so true
1: and there is that really great poem by James Brown called The Book of Sadness yes Yeah. About, yeah, about yeah. about discovering The Book yes, of Sadness and yes. explaining to the the, the um, that, uh, to the proprietor of the shop that, yes. that he wrote it
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and Fry, Fry says did you good for you <laughs>
0: um, so yeah so you put this book out and so what happens at the time um What's the book?
1: Well, um, what uh, it's a funny thing to look back on. Yeah. There were very few people. There were very few people. Um, it was a. It was a. You know, the, the poetry marketplace was unrecognisable. Yeah. There were about, you know, the, there were about four or five young people who published books over the period of a couple of years, and I could probably still remember who they are. You know, mm. and, and so I would have published my first book about the same time as I can't quite remember now, but probably as Greg O'Brien yeah. and David Eagleton yeah, yeah. and. Um, um Elizabeth Nanastead yeah. and um, Jenny Bornholt maybe she might have been a bit later and um and it was kind of crazy, in as much as looking back now. Um, yeah, and people, what, I mean, people, already, our, people sort of noticed, you know, because yeah. there was so little going round that um, you know. I think I've already got I've probably got more attention for that book than I've ever had for anything and, since. You and know, and
0: what Sam Hunt and Gary McCormick were doing the tours up and down the country, which is a different kind of thing. But yeah. that 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 and the sort of memory of Baxter was really poetry mm, in New Zealand, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. it was. Um, uh, I mean, I, I suppose the, the the poetry were well, n- not quite actually. No, the poetry sort of scene as I understood it, uh, at, at that stage was dominated by the you know, the 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 uh, the so called young New Zealand poets, so you know, the, the Boomer poets. Um Ian Weddy was the oh, biggest yeah, name yeah, okay. in, in New Zealand poetry or you know, in, in my version of New yeah, Zealand yeah, poetry. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. Kerner was still writing and so forth. Yeah, yeah. But Weddy and Manhire, yeah, yeah. Murray Edmund, mm. um, uh, but that
0: all, yeah, they that all had like a book or two. Oh, had, or, yeah, they had, yeah, a bit more than that. There were, yeah, yeah, were four yeah. or five
1: books. In it. Yeah. So 85, my yeah, first book came Yeah, basically
0: going a decade. Yeah, my yeah. first
1: book came out in 85, and that was the year that Ian Weddy edited the Penguin anthology, of the 1985 Penguin anthology, Ian mm-hmm. Weddy and Harvey McQueen, which you know, which was sort of a bit like the sort of laureate chip of the time or something, but with a, you know, it's a slightly sort of different flavour, it's an sort of official sort of anointment as, you know, the sort of central commentator in mm-hmm. a way. And of course he was... Um, you know he was only he was only 40 you know, mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. 39 he would have been mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah, that that was that was the sort of that was the you know that was the scene that I was sort of orienting myself yeah, around. Yeah. yeah um but it was a, but of course it was a scene that was um it was a whole way of you know it was a way of writing a way of being around being around poetry that was actually at its at its end point in you know, in ways that I didn't understand you, you know um and it's a, it's got a lot to do with it's got a lot to do with being um, being a sort of second a phase two
0: baby mm, boomer.
1: Mm. I've probably talked to you about this before. Yeah. You know, I, people think of the you know officially they you know officially they talk about the baby boomers sort of nineteen forty six to sixty six. But to me, it's it's actually two different generations. I'd yes. say it's two different structures of feeling. Yeah. And you know, the people born in the first wave of that, you know, first decade or so of that, had a very different experience than the second than the second wave. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I and which has to do with, you know, just has to do with what was happening when you were 18 or 20 or that sort of thing. But that's
0: always the way it's like Mm. the, the, yeah. What people think of as boomers is actually a handful of war babies. Mm. And, Mm. and as you say, the early boomers Mm. and then the late boomers and the beginning of Generation X Mm. as much like how when people talk about how much they love sixties music, Mm. they actually mean music from 1966 to about 1974,
1: usually. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's the same, you know, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. But so what happened for me is, and this this is partly this has a lot to do with with how I got stuck, you know, after that first book, mm-hmm. I, I had, you know, I'd grown up and it has a lot to do with that, you know, my um, my uh, you know my sort of willed kind of sort of bohemianism. I grew up with a sort of understanding of this of uh, what my early adulthood was going to be like, which was based on Woodstock, yeah, and it was based yeah. on um, yeah. you know the electric kool aid acid test, and yeah. it was based on the Grateful Dead, and it was based on uh, you know these the the New Zealand poets who were fifteen years older than me. It mm. was based on my older brother's experience, mm. and um, but uh, and then I hit young adulthood. In fact, you know by my university years, I, I was you know it was the era of um, in fact you know the nineteen eighty one Springbok tour of you know second wave feminism really sort of finding its feet and its its teeth. Uh, of, um, of AIDS, you know, mm-hmm. of, and so forth and so on. It was just a completely different end of literary theory. And, you know, those whole things, you know, that sort of combination of, uh, of, you know, um uh, uh Feels like some, need, some sort of fancy word, like discourses or something. damn yeah, thing. Yeah. But it, You know, it, it it had it was a, it was a, a very potent mix, and it was very disorienting for somebody. You know, it just wasn't the world I was expecting. You know, mm, mm. and it was, and I, I found it very hard to find my you know to find my feet in that. Yeah. You know, I, 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 an apprenticeship in, in, in sort of in sort of um, in uh, you know in sixties bohemianism. Was not enough to equip you to 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 say anything sensible in nineteen eighty (laughs) five.
0: And as that decade goes on, the all the people that you grew up idolizing for fighting the establishment—they are the establishment, Mm, 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 you mm, 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 mm. know—and they're now finding ways to sell concert tickets for one hundred and fifty dollars a head in branded merchandise, or they're the CEO of a company, even if they still go to a Grateful Dead show on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of disillusioning as well. Mm,
1: mm, mm, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and uh, I suppose I suppose what I did really is I, I, I mean I did a I did my I did a degree here and then I admitted a degree in Christchurch and or um, well, two degrees in Christchurch. Wrote a master's thesis and which, um, and I guess that book came out about about the time I was starting honours, and you know then I did a master's thesis. and I went to Australia and. Um, I, you know, I think I think where I went to try and process all that that problem was into psychoanalysis, and um, so I spent I spent the the time that you know six years in Melbourne basically studying Lacanian psychoanalysis. That was my that was uh, that was my attempt to sort of you know that was that was the route I sort of took through the sort of theory era. I mean, there were various you know there were various everybody else in Melbourne in those days was 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 doing sort of Foucault and um, new historicism and so forth. It was a different kind of sort of orientation, but I, I got hooked up with these. Um, these, um, Argentinian psychoanalysts in Melbourne. thought they were all just
0: doing heroin and cask wine.
1: <laughs> no, 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 That's, uh, <laughs> um, and I think, I, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself here, but, um, yeah, that was a, Melbourne was a Melbourne was a, Melbourne was a kind of shock, you know, because you went over there and you thought that, um, I, I thought the university was the same wherever you, universities were the same, wherever they went. Mm. And that was actually a very different, very, very, very different, uh, experience. Australian academic life is so much more sort of organized so much more sort of tribal, and uh, the rules were so much stricter. Right, you know, you yeah. had to learn a discourse, you learned a specialism, and you spoke that language, and you didn't speak any other language, and yeah, a, right. you know, and that, but that, look, that's a bit of a rabbit hole, um, which we don't need to go down yeah, today, yeah. But, um, but anyway, if you, if you were wondering, if anyone were to wonder where the, where the Argentinian psychoanalyst <laughs> comes from, who winds up in Escape Path Lighting, um, yes. it actually comes out of that time in, in right. Melbourne, where the, yeah. there were two rival schools of, Lacanian psychoan- of Argentinian Lacanians. Mm-hmm. Okay, and one of them followed early Lacan and one of them followed late Lacan, and they didn't speak to one another.
0: <laughs> so, do you, you know, do you think, like, so the second book of poems doesn't come out until 2010. Yeah. And at what point are you thinking that you'll write something else, you know?
1: I. I mean, I was, you know, I was thinking it sort of all the time. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd always mm. assumed I was going to write some poetry. Yeah. Uh, and sort of somehow, you know, and I wrote, I wrote bits. I mean, there are a few things around. There's a couple of long poems and sport that have never been gathered up, and they're about, about sort of ten years apart. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, but you know, somehow it never quite happened. And then, you know, and at various times I would sort of go through the exercise of persuading myself actually that now, you know. Uh, scholarship was sort of was my discourse and that you know, that was my yeah. kind of poetry, that yeah. was what I was gonna write or that teaching was my kind yeah. of writing or or whatever. And I think it took I think it took a sort of you know, I really and I really enjoyed you know, I came back to here to New Zealand in nineteen about nineteen ninety five and got a job in Canterbury and I really enjoyed the first few years of that job. Loved it. Uh, and then progressively not so much, um and for reasons that were partly to do with, you know, were partly of my own making, or obviously partly about changes that were happening in the university. Yeah, yeah. And as I became more sort of disillusioned with the, the the life, I you know, the way I was feeling in the university and the sort of work that I was doing, um, the, the uh, you know, the urge to sort of, the yeah. urge to redirect my energy into writing sort of began to, you know, yeah, reassert, it, mm. reassert itself, you know, I sort of started turning back to, you know, turning back towards writing partly out of a, a sort of aversion to what was happening in the university. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I think I probably started. I think I probably started writing the first. I think the first meaningful thing that I'd written for a very, very long time. I wrote while I was. I spent a winter up in Jerusalem while I was researching on the Huan Nui when I was researching the double rainbow, and I can remember sitting in the, in the actually in the convent up in, in, in at Jerusalem. And, and scribbling you know a few stanzas of what would eventually uh, be the first poem in in the, in, lives, of poets. In the lives of the poets yeah mm. and that was actually the, the beginning of the way back um, um, and yeah that I mean there's a few there's a few other bits that I, I could I, I could toss into that but that and that was sort of about the time that um, it wasn't long after that that I started I started sort of phasing out of my university university job about the time that I, you know, actually, I mean, even before I finished the double rainbow, um, uh, I started. I started sort of, you know, scaling that back, um, and then I, then I quit. Quit the job at Canterbury and came back up to came back up to Wellington.
0: When did you first um, meet Baxter on the page?
1: Um, like a lot of things, I think my mother gave me Baxter, um, and meant absolutely nothing to me. I looked mm. at it and it was cold. Uh, well, I don't know. I just didn't know. I didn't know what it was. It was. It was too, I don't know, it was too, it just seemed like a very remote sort of mm. experience. I was too young for it, and mm. didn't know what it was. Um, and I probably, you know, I looked at bits of Baxter when I was, you know, as a secondary school student. Um, I, the only thing that ever really spoke to me was some of the, the sort of political ballads, mm. you know, that wrote for Harry Fat and that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, um, that was the only thing that meant anything to me. Um, Small
0: and, ode to mixed flatting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have read that one. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the um, but you know again things in, you know in you know, rhyming things in four line stanzas that's mm-hmm. always good for me. Um, I don't think I read Baxter properly until uh, I would you know I would have first written properly in a university context when I was in my um, in my you know in my mid twenties I suppose or early mid twenties. And I think I think oh, I, yeah, I noticed I noticed the the Jerusalem poems. They they were maybe one of the first things that I that I sort of looked at carefully. Um, but, you know, Baxter, you know, though I've done a lot of work on Baxter. Baxter's mm. never been a poet who's meant a hell of a lot to me as a poet.
0: Right. Uh, so what's drawn you into, that's sort of where I was wanting to go, is like, what's, you know, what point do you go, well, here's the fascinating thing about this chap, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, or here's, what what draws you into his world, uh, if I'll, it isn't the work alone?
1: Uh, what what drew me into 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 Baxter was was his, his biculturalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, um, you know, I I always wanted. Uh, and I remember thinking this when I was living in Melbourne before I came back to New Zealand. It sort of seemed, you know, imperative uh, to, you know, well the the interesting thing to do at that time seemed to be to try and find some sort of bicultural project that you could do as a Pākehā mm-hmm. And um, the thinking about you know thinking about Baxter and sort of what he had tried to do in a bicultural way as a Pākehā, um, I thought well let's. Have a look at that and um, and see what it was that he actually did, how he did it, whether you know whether uh, you know as as a you know as a you know a out with those sort of aspirations, you could sort of learn anything from it. That was that was basically the motivation. And the project went through a, a few different forms before I worked out what I was going to do. I was um, I was going to do a kind of sort of a sort of reader ethnography kind of thing, which is to say, thinking about. Because people, some people have been very dismissive about Baxter's attitude towards Māori, and you often hear Pākehā, or you used to hear, you probably still do, Pākehā saying sort of on behalf of Māori, of course, you know, he doesn't understand Māori culture, mm. he misrepresents it and so forth. But I'd never thought that, you know, I'd never heard anything like that from Māori readers. And I thought, well, it'd be interesting to find out um, actually, you know, is, is is the, you know, what do what, what, what what do Maori readers think about Baxter's use of Maori? And um, that was my initial sort of um, my initial sort of premise. But in the co- in the course of sort of talking to some people, I started to hear more about the the Jerusalem Commune, and I sort of realised that you know that the, what I thought I knew about the Jerusalem Commune didn't bear any relation to what the people who had actually been there were telling me about it. And um, and that and that's where that sort of that book, you know that thing opened up. And in a way, I sort of became like the kind of official biographer in a sense mm. of the, of the mm. Jerusalem commune because there were, there, were those, there were a lot of people who had been there who felt that the story had never been told in terms of, you know, that they, they were happy with. And you know, that, that sort of became the, the, job that I, the, mm. the job that I took on, um, which was a…
0: Uh, and so what was their reaction and feedback at the end of it?
1: Uh, it went, it, it went for, well. It went well, yeah. yeah. It was very hard getting there. Yeah. It was the kind of book, I've probably told you this before, but it was the kind of book I always felt, you know, right up to the last moment could have fallen over. Yeah, Because yeah. there were, you know, uh, there, were, there were a lot of people who had a, an investment in it and they didn't agree with one another and there were a lot of sensitivities involved. And, you know, and a bad history of sort of, you know, uh, of a history that made people very nervous about, you know, the media and about scholars mm. and so mm. on. And, um and there's also you know there are also secrets and so forth mm. you know and um some of those have been alluded to a bit in, in 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 some of the in some of the um some stuff that's been circulating since since the Baxter letters came out uh so it was a it was a um you know it was a very you know it was a it was a it was a you know kind of fairly sort of volatile a volatile mix and um it was a it was very, you know, it was hard. It was hard emotional work, shepherding that project mm. over the mm. line. Um, mm. uh, but it was, you know, uh, but in, in, in the end, we, we you know, um, every, every, everybody was, everybody was happy. And as far as I know, you know, st- I mean, I'm still in touch with, you know, quite a lot of. Well, your yeah. yeah, number of people, and you know, I uh, it's a while since I've been to Jerusalem, but, no, it, but it's somewhere <clears> I still I'm still happy to go. You know, and,
0: and no bricks through the window. No, 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 no. no. And, uh, and and as you have sort of alluded to, it kind of rebirths you as a poet.
1: It did. It, it did a bit. I,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, Funny enough, I can I am going to Greg O'Brien about about not being able to write. You know, this is a time where I wasn't writing poetry, and he said, "Oh, go up to Jerusalem." You know, and I was on my way to Jerusalem. He yeah. said, "Oh, you go up there and go. There's a swing bridge up there above the village, and you go sit on that swing bridge and write a poem." Uh, which I didn't do, but um nonetheless I you know I did think about I certainly did think about that question uh, you know it it did seem like a good place to go and and meditate on the on the on the question of what it would take to start writing again mm. um, not that I not that I not that I found Jerusalem an easy place to be because it's not it's a it's quite a tough place but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah the there the, the was actually now I look back on it the there the definitely was a it did have a it did, sort of in the end, have a kind of symbolic role in, in getting started writing poetry when in, again. Uh, when in Rome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
0: then, so, you know, in the last decade, you have actually been really prolific. Three books of poems, another book, which we'll talk about in a minute, which is the beginning of a three volume chapter of, of very hard emotional work, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a couple of band projects, including an album. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, and and funny enough, as and uh, ah, since you are talking about this yeah. in an art book, yes, yeah, yeah, oh, um, true, yeah, which yeah, was a yeah. sort of another was a surprise. Yeah. So yeah, look, it it's it's um uh it has it it it, it has it's been a good decade. I, I, yeah. the uh, um I've still got a lot. of I've got a lot of um I still feel like I've got a lot of ground to make up. But um, right, yeah, you know, yeah, I was going to no.
0: say, do you feel like you're. Uh
1: <laughs> Nice. Atoning for a, well, for a slack
0: nineties or a, something. A
1: slack, nineties, slack eighties. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's there's a bit of um, you know, uh, it would be nice. It would be nice if every decade had been like this, but um, the uh, it's a uh, look. It's it, it you know it's a step in the right direction. I'm sure I'll always you know I'll always be playing catch up. But then everybody always feels like they're playing catch yeah, up. I like guess yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 the one given, isn't it? Of of any of any um. Any kind of writing job, you know, this is a perpetual state of dissatisfaction.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) And you just sort of like, um, you know, when people ask me why I've done lots of things, it's like, oh, because there was a time when I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's that that simple, like, you know. So, yeah, in some senses, I do feel like, you know, I want to get up and put something out into the world each day, not so that a handful of people uh, pat me on the back for it. But just so that the that's just a a measure of the day, yeah. Because there didn't used to be that. That's sort of how I
1: see it. Um, yeah, certain, there certain certainly is is that incentive. There's also just the fact that uh, you know I I I don't feel. Uh, I mean, you don't. I always. One thing is that you always be, you know I, you never spend much time feeling feeling happy or satisfied about anything that you've done. You just you just feel anxious about the <laughs> the next thing yeah. is that you haven't done. Yeah, yeah. What's um,
0: in, um, what stage it's in and, yeah. and what's and, yet to come
1: out. And the only and, and the only way to you know the only time that that sort of anxiety lets up is when you're actually. It's when you're actually writing. You know, well, I've been those.
0: thinking a bit lately about writer's block and how writer's block is, like, I've been trying to reframe it and decide mm. that writer's block is a positive, and what it means is you've actually got too many things you want to get out. Mm. It isn't that there's nothing.
1: No, I think it's, that's probably, yeah. It's that
0: you can't access the right thing. Yep. And I think, you know, like, that's a really positive way to, to look at it because, the, you know, everyone's different and everyone approaches things differently, but you actually can access something to put down and if that's no good that can be a way towards something else and that that's the way to kind of look at writer's block
1: yes i think i think that certainly my you know my worst experiences of it are definitely not about having nothing to say they're Mm. about they're 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 more sort of driven by the anxiety of not knowing how to say what you've got to say or not knowing where to begin or um or um or just simply being um so difficult that you don't really want to think about it. So did music
0: come into play for you as a an avenue, like music, your music, mm. uh, songwriting? Did mm. that come into play as a well? This is a creative outlet, and this is writing. But there's no the only expectation on this is is my own.
1: Yes, it's uh, it's a bit hard. It's a bit hard to say where it fits in in a way, and because it's it's an it's an intermittent thing, and it's usually happened when um when i'm not writing you know i don't yeah. When i'm not writing anything else um i i i don't really have a coherent answer actually about, about where it fits it's just a sort of a a, a thing on a, a thing on the side that sort of mm. occasionally happens you know mm. um and it probably doesn't um I, it, it probably doesn't uh, need to be dignified with too much you know, <laughs> <laughs> with too much um too much um you know uh, uh ceremony the <laughs> I mean, look, I love, I, I love playing music, um, and uh, you know, partly, like a lot of, um, I like a lot of uh, people who, you know, writing is a very solitary occupation, mm. and and you know, music is, you know, it has to be for me, it has to be collaborative because you need know, other musicians mm, mm. around to make it feel any good, and you have that sort of instant instantaneous relationship with an audience, and um, uh, you know, that after after you know battling away in the in, in your lonesome garret, month after month to be go, go out there and actually be able to play music to people and see people bounce around mm. and, and have fun is just is, is, is a delightful experience I mean mm. um, and it's a, it's it's a strange it's a strange it's a strange thing to know that you know I mean uh, you know I mean obviously writing has a you know literally literally writing has a you know a, you know a vastly larger place in my life and you know I have far more of my identity sort of tied up in it um, and you know, music is music is a hobby, but uh, I actually get far more. I actually get far more um, kind of reinforcement and gratification, and you know, love and praise yeah, and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it for, for my for my odd little bits of weekend warrior musicianship that I would do well, for writing. <laughs> which is kind yes, of fun. but I
0: mean, you can say what you and the, and you know, you can say what you like about um, lyric writing being about placeholders and not standing up to scrutiny, but. You know, in my experience of your songs, you weren't exactly trying to rewrite ACDC or the Ramones. Mm-hmm. You were, you were moving more towards some of these other people we've talked about. You know, Bill Callahan mm-hmm. and Paul Kelly, and uh, you know Bob Dylan, and yeah. you know there there were narrative. Um, things yeah. happening. There were sto- these were stories. And yeah. I you know, I'm a big fan of your songs. I I, I really enjoy playing them and maybe I'm nostalgic for them because I knew I was talking to you and also last night going to the book launch and seeing other people that have played in the yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It brought a lot of it back to me. And I thought, you know, there's a handful of the songs of yours that I played with you for a while and a few at a few gigs and many practices where I just enjoyed being in the moment of listening to the song while it was happening which which is one of the great luxuries of playing the drums too like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's a thing you get to do I think that you maybe don't get to do
1: yeah I mean I think what I think what you're trying to do is create you know what you're trying to do with lyrics in a song is uh, you know they're doing part of the job of, of creating creating a feeling yeah you know and in an a, a very encompassing sense and, and that feeling is about um, it's about it's about the words and the music and your performance of them. But it's, it's about it's about the obviously it's about the band. It's about the relationship between the members and the band and the relationship between the band and the audience and the venue and the whole you know the whole the, the whole thing. So I you know, to that extent I do take it I do take it seriously. Um, but you know I just don't take it seriously in a in a kind of sort of a, a sort of I don't know a sort of in a sort of at a sort of semantic level or something. You know mm-hmm. I, it doesn't I don't care what I'm saying. Mm, um, mm. you know, you need stories and so forth to have to have something to say. Mm. You know. But you know, look if I'm writing a song, um, you know, I'll start I'll you know, I might have a you know I'll have a you know a little a little fragment of melody or a chord change or something and find a phrase that will go over the top of it. And then I think, well what, what, what story could that phrase possibly yeah, yeah. be part of? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And and you know you sort of build it you sort of build it from there. I've almost never written a song where I sort of think, I'm gonna write a song about such and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did, I did, I did write one. actually, pretty The last song I wrote was about was about Peter Thiel. Oh yeah. The, yeah. I, I did write a song called Pitchforks. Yeah. About you know Doomsday Preppers. Um, <laughs> but um, that's the only that was that was an exception. It's the only time I've ever sort of uh, written a song because I was pissed off about something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did it work out okay? <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's yeah. Goodie, yeah, yeah, it's a goodie actually. It's yeah. Goodie, we played in the overdogs. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Um, so Escape Path Lighting is brand new.
1: Mm. It
0: is a novel, but it is a novel in verse. So it is a, a bumper sized book of poetry. Is another way of <laughs> possibly saying it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, was it always going to be in this form? Yeah.
1: yeah it was it never going to
0: be a conventional novel. It was never going to be a yeah. conventional
1: novel, no. It, um,
0: and I see the breadcrumbs, the clues, like in that in that poem you mentioned, the long poem at the start of the Lives of Poets, is a as subtitled a novella. Yeah. So that I thought when I went back and saw that, I thought, oh yes, this is something that's been on your mind for a while.
1: It's been on my mind, um, really. I mean. I mean, it's been on my mind since I read Dr. Seuss, you know, mm, mm. but I've always been, you know, I mean, we, you know, I, I, I guess people's, you know, the general, since the beginning of the Romantic era, the, the general default understanding of a poem is that a poem is a lyric mm, thing, a bit mm. like, you it's a bit like a song, but, you know, of course the narrative tradition goes all, you know, goes back further, well, you know, goes back, it goes back far, way beyond the the, the narrative tradition in prose. You know, mm-hmm. It Goes back to, to Homer and Chaucer mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and the Icelandic sagas and wherever, yeah. wherever you want to go. And of course, the prose novel is a eighteenth century phenomenon. Um, you know, it's it's recent. Um, so anyway, I've I've always been interested in in the in I've always liked um, narrative poetry. I also like sort of you know dramatic kind of poetry, of various forms. Uh, but I was very influenced, uh, well, yeah, I was influenced um, by, when I was in Australia, uh, in the, so from the late 80s through the, late 80s through the early 90s, there was a real vogue for uh, narrative, uh, narrative verse in mm. Australia. Um, I think people always talk about victim sets, The Golden Gate as the yes, sort of first thing. Yes, I was going to kind of bring that up. Because... The, new, the new wave, but in fact, I think Les Murray wrote a verse novel before yeah. that. He wrote a book called The Boys Who Stole the Funeral, and then he wrote uh-huh. another one later. And there's probably in that, period of four or five years or maybe it's more than that maybe but there must there were probably 10 or twelve verse novels published i was going to mention
0: golden gate just because i know it Mm. and uh it's quite extraordinary though that Mm. like it is yeah the the ability on display Mm. is is is, phenomenal it is quite something
1: isn't it yeah Um, though it's i mean it's not been much of it's not been a particular model for me the one that the one that i the, the one that had the biggest impact on me was a book uh called um the floor of heaven by john tranter who is just about my favourite living poet. Right. Um, for people who don't know him, he's, a, he's an Australian of the sort of, he, he, he's, he's probably the same age as, as Bill, or Ian mm-hmm. Weddy, um, and he's a sort of Australian, he's a, he, he sometimes described as a sort of country member of the New York School. Um, he's a very, very, very urbane, sort of, very much you know, self-styled sort of Sydney poet, and he writes a lot of, of, sort of kind of, quite, you know, often quite elliptical, sort of postmodern sort of narrative. It's wonderful, like, anyway. that that Ever since I read that, which came out when I was in Australia, um, it's been in the back of my mind that I would like to try and do a, a verse novel, um, and to try and write one, try and write one that was as, as much like a novel as it possibly could be. Mm. I mean, you, there are things come You know, people put books out that. Um, they, they you know that they say are not novels or whatever and they are sometimes just a sort of a disconnect you know, a loosely connected sequence of lyrics or something. But I wanted to try and write something that really had a story and had yeah, lots yeah. of characters and where things so happened.
0: Not tarantula by
1: Bob Dylan. No not tarantula. <laughs> no not, not tarantula. No 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 not tarantula for example. Which I did. I but actually, you, that, I, have, I wonder
0: I, if that was in your Australian years that you read that or No, was I read it I read that as that. a
1: schoolboy. Yeah. yeah. When my, uh, I think I could have only it's something I could only have ever read in my days as a as a hardcore Dylan freak. I don't yeah, think yeah. I've read it any other the time. Yeah, I was the same. Yeah. But the thing about to come back to your question, mm. it was always it was a story. The the story of the, you know an escape past lighting. I mean, it really couldn't. It wouldn't be. It couldn't really be conceived in any other form. I mean, it wouldn't work mm. as a prose narrative no. because it's too loopy. You know, um, it's yeah. too It's too. What I, what I think about. I mean, there's a number of reasons that I that, that I like to you know I like the idea of, of narrative in verse. One is that I mean I just am a verse writer and I find I occasionally I mean, I've written a lot of little bits of prose fiction, but I sort of it doesn't come all that naturally to me, and I and trying to write prose, prose narrative at length, um, I get sort of put off by all the kind of the, the you know the the laborious stuff, the you know the, what they call you know getting people in and out of taxis that Mm-mm. that sort of thing. And the great thing about writing, one of the good things about writing in verse is you can sort of skip all that. You can yes. just sort of. You can just sort of I, I, I'm not even quite sure why it is, but for some reason, writing in verse allows you to just you know you can do these sort of jump cuts and so forth you just sort of skip from frame to frame I felt that a a bit like a graphic novel I felt that
0: very much when I was reading it the two things I thought was this is like a graphic novel without Mm. any pictures Mm. and I also thought like you know yes there's a there's the idea of a camera in any kind of narrative the camera is following but this is like a camera that's constantly panning, Mm. panning around the room and going, Mm. you know, well, what about these people that we introduced you to earlier? Mm -hmm. What are they up to now? And suddenly the camera just swings around to them Mm. and yet jumps and ignores the fact that they got dressed to go to the party. You're just at the party. And And so I think, like, it's cool. And I think, like, it's sort of there's this um, interesting idea that, you know, as soon as you would start to say, oh, this is a novel for people with some sort of, short attention span that's not actually the case at all because it requires a lot more concentration and commitment to follow what's mm. happening in it
1: mm. perhaps mm-hmm. than it
0: does a conventional you know I, I, I struggled to find even though there are chapter breaks and there are parts to it there are three books in it I kind of struggled to find places to put the bookmark in you know, in, a, in a good way you yeah, know I was yeah, like yeah. I want to get this it's so self-propulsive well, that's nice yeah
1: that's nice. I mean I, and I like the you know having had it myself i do like that experience of picking up a, a novel in verse yeah i would like other people to be able to have this experience mm. of picking up a thing and think oh god a novel and verse this is going to be hard work and suddenly finding you know and it, maybe it is hard work for the one then suddenly finding that actually you've turned 10 pages and forgotten that you're reading poetry and actually you are, you know
0: in that case it's a bit like a subtitled movie yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know where yeah. you go oh i'm not ready for subtitles yeah. tonight and then you're like Holy shit! This is great. Yeah, yeah. Put everything down and what you know, because it's it's just that what your brain just has to reframe, just mm. has to take a few minutes to, to let sink in. Mm. This isn't the normal experience of reading. This mm. isn't the normal experience of watching. And then you're like, oh, I'm all in. Mm. I'm into it. The
1: the other thing that I th- you know that about verse and I again actually I, I I mean I don't read many graphic novels, but I I can see that this is that that this is something that they share as well. Um, if I you know, you know I think of something like sort of oh take an obvious example something like Hexville or something, mm-hmm. which you know, and I can see in some ways it sort of has something in common with. But the um the you know what one of the things that's going on and you know that 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 made make this I think impossible to write as a prose novel is that there are there are sort of there are you know there are elements of it that are sort of uh are sort of uh you know uh kind of uh, you know, fantastical or absurd There Mm. are elements of sort of slapstick, there are elements Mm. of goofing off. And then there are other sequences that are are, are either quite sort of lyrical or quite sort of, you know, even quite sort of serious. Yeah. 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 And you know, so there are these kinds of lurches in tone. Um, and, and of course there there are, you know, there are, you know, there are sort of implausibilities that you just sort of have to swallow and imagine in this this sort of world, these things are sort of possible. Mm. Um, and i what I think, what I like to think anyway, is that by, by wrapping the whole thing up in verse, you're working all the time at a certain kind of level of absurdity. You know, when life doesn't yeah. operate in verse. Yeah, People don't yeah, speak yeah. to one another in verse. You know, yeah. um, we're dealing with us. We're dealing with a certain level of sort of artificiality, which within which, yeah. you know, within which all the, the different elements are sort of equally sort of suspended. You know, i would mentioned graphic fiction, but the thing that, that really that really got me thinking about this actually is is watching opera, which I, I kind of love. Especially Mozart opera, mm. um, and that idea mm. that you know, I mean, the first thing about opera is you know, if you if you stab somebody in the chest with a carving knife, you know, mm. they fall over and they die. You know, they don't sort of lurch to their knees and start singing. You know, some seven minute
0: yeah, yeah. aria. Yeah. You
1: know, but in opera that that can happen, and uh, and that's fine, and you accept it because of the sort of conventions. Mm. You know, mm. tell you that. But also the thing I love about there's the way that, you know, especially again, I mean, I don't know a lot about opera, but the stuff I've enjoyed, you know, spent a lot of time with is Mozart. And that you, from, you know, you can, you can leap from, you know, deep lyric sort of tragedy, plangency, you know, everybody everyone, you know, not a dry eye in the house to, you know, people chasing around, chasing one another around the stage with pokers or something, you know, or, you know, dance sequences and, you know, comedy, you know, and the, the ability to hold all those things in one sort of space, um, has something to do, you know, seems to be predicated on the sort of absurd theatricality of the whole sort of performance, mm, mm. Um, and the absurd, you know we know that we're engaged in something that is sort of totally formal and sort of driven by a kind of sort of metrics and and so forth and so on and the need for one voice to sing with another voice and all that mm. kinds of thing. But within that, you can have these wild, this, this you know, radical sort of range of sort of emotional experience and tone and mm, so forth, mm. um, and I, all those things are much harder to achieve, I think, in a prose in a prose novel. Because of the sort of the the expectation that come the, the expectation that comes with prose that you're dealing with a kind of sort of natural kind of sort of medium, mm. you
0: know? mm. yeah. I felt like uh, I would be reminded at times uh, reading it. Oh, this is all a joke in the best possible way. Like that—that's mm. almost what the what the format is doing. You—you mm. you know, this isn't real. Yeah, but. There's some there's some very real stuff in there, but you know this isn't very real. This is a this kind of got that dream like bubble about it. Mm, mm, yeah. 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 Um, Fergus Barrowman, your publisher, said last night um, at your launch um, words to the effect that you haven't named anyone in there, but people might recognise writers and yeah. writing traits.
1: Writing traits, yeah.
0: Um, was this? And I know you started this a few years ago, and you hit it out in a couple of different sort of locations in the country, like you worked on it in a couple of different spaces. Was this also a reaction to your more serious work of the first volume of the, you know, well, the three volume um, project that you're working on? Let's talk about mm. that for a little bit. What What exactly is that? That is a. So
1: it's a history of the sort of the, you know, that that very sort of coherent phase of New Zealand literature. That begins in the 1930s, yeah. and to my way of thinking, starts comes to an end in the last couple of decades of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's it, looking back now, it seems to be a sort of bounded kind of history. We don't seem to be quite in that same sort of space anymore, and seems to be to, it seems possible now to talk about. Um, the history of something called New Zealand literature mm. as a kind of sort of finite entity. And I know it upsets people, some people when I say that. I don't mean by that that, that the literature isn't still being written in New Zealand. Um, what I mean is that, the, is that the, the, the sort of concept of a coherent New Zealand literature just, just doesn't resonate very much um, with a contemporary audience or with contemporary writers. They're writing books and they, um, and they have an audience, but they don't think of themselves necessarily as, um, as part of that continuing tradition. Whereas there was a period of about three generations, where one generation spoke to the next, and the next yeah, generation, yeah. You know, one, you know, one generation spoke to the previous generation, and the next generation. Yeah,
0: yeah, Sorry, yeah. Can't the
1: sense. If you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 There was an ongoing conversation, and and, a, and an ongoing conversation that continued even once, even once, you know, even when nationalist ideas went completely out of vogue. You know, I think one of the sort of surprising things, and what that I hadn't appreciated really until I started thinking about it, was that in the nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties, when that baby boom generation came along. Um, even though they were really, you know, would be very, you know, by and large, quite sort of scornful of the idea of nationalism. Nonetheless, they were, you know, the, the, the given assumption grounding the conversation was that they, we were, you know, that we were all faced with the problem of how to write in New Zealand and what writing in New Zealand should be like and mm-hmm. how what they were writing related to what other people had written here. And the journals they were publishing in, like, say, Islands, which was their sort of house journal, Um, published only New Zealand writers and sold only to a New Zealand audience and reviewed only New Zealand books and so on. So it was was still Mm -hmm. a self-contained, sort of self-referring kind of Mm -hmm. body of anyway so i'm trying to write that that history of about sort of three generations yeah so and, you've done, done book books. one i've done one i've done book one after 1946 and
0: that's a big book so, so they're, a, they're big books, they are
1: like, big they're, books. <laughs> they're big books they're a lot yeah, of work man they're a lot of work it's three phd theses <laughs> yeah on the truck
0: <laughs> and so i guess my my simple question and the you know uh, around that is, is is writing this book escape path lighting a reaction in some way to what what you're talking about, what you've discovered, what you're celebrating, and what you're mourning in that three
1: volume set uh, it's undoubtedly connected and it's yeah. undoubtedly um, it's undoubtedly also sort of a bit of a breather mm. um mm. the I, I suspect what I might be doing is you know, I, what I might be doing is writing um uh, you know, is writing the missing volume four. Yeah. It could be that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I certainly don't have any intention of of carrying on. Um, you know, beyond the period where where you know where my contemporaries began to appear on the right. Well, you're,
0: you're also yes, and and part of that missing volume thing is you're um, breaking. I guess well, this convention is always broken now, but you're with regard to this the 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 form that those three volumes are taking you're able to put yourself in the narrative, albeit in character
1: mm. you're, or characters. Yeah.
0: Characters exactly like you're, you're able to put yourself on the pages mm. and, and hide yeah. and laugh at yourself and laugh at other people through that.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, um, and yeah, able to, you know, um, you know, Expound a kind of a kind of sort of tongue-in-cheek literary history mm. uh, without really having to stand behind it, mm. which is you know um, you know um, posit a kind of literary history and put it in somebody else's voice.
0: When you do something like this, and I say that this is the first time you've done something, yeah, <laughs> something yeah. like this, but when you do something like this, do you um, do you think, oh God, who's going to come at me?
1: Um, yeah, that uh, thought that thought occurs to me. I mean, I I, I um. Uh, I mean, I um, I don't think anybody's going to come at me, but no. nonetheless, the thought does occur to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like,
0: yeah, 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 and and you know, I'm thinking of a couple of uh, well-known book reviewers who could have a bit of fun. Um, not even not even being upset with you, mm. but could have a bit of fun, going at something like mm. this.
1: Um, it's been a um, uh,
0: which might not be bad for sex. No, well, that's that's so funny. That's fine, that's, yeah.
1: that's that's a thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, marketability these days is everything, and you know, it it, um, it has occurred to me that if 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 somebody did get upset by it, yes, it, it wouldn't be entirely a bad thing. I, should I go out there and try and make people upset? Yeah. I'm not sure I have quite a thick enough hide for that. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've in the end, we uh, will just have to let it fall where it falls and see see what people make of it. Yeah. But if if people were to read it, um, were to read it closely enough and think about it closely enough to become upset, that would be great it would mean that they were at least reading it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah um and do you you know has this sort of fully scratched the itch or do you think you'll return to this format like because clearly you had a lot of fun doing i did it, have a lot of fun i mean I,
1: would, I, would, I mean i would like to uh, but um well i you know we will you know we'll see how we'll see how it goes and um you know uh I don't yeah, you know, I've used up i I've used up a lot of sort of um, imaginative capital, <laughs> yes, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Part, you know, there's a lot of different you know, I've sort of a lot of sort of different half baked ideas got sort of <laughs> stirred yeah, up and yeah, recycled yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. thrown in the pot, you know. So um the tank is a bit empty at the moment. I'm not mm. so I'm not sure what, what, what another one would be about. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know um I, I you know, I, I'd be very I'd I'd be, I'd be very happy if another one suggested itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about in the process of doing this um do you um switch pages and and note down some inverted commas proper poems as part of this or no? not really no No,
1: i i I seem to i don't seem to be the sort of person who writes um who writes sort of uh yeah i I don't seem to write one-off poems uh anymore for a long time and um uh you know i don't sort of i don't write poems and sort of you know you know, reaction, to, you know, reaction to things that happen to me or anything, you know, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, stuff doesn't sort of come across my, you know, slop over the bow and I sort of turn it into poetry. Mm. I seem, to, I seem to work in, in sort of, in sort of, you know, in, in, in big, big structures that, mm. that I take a long time to sort of premeditate and, you know, mm, mm. and so the last, the last two books in particular have been, have been written, have been conceived whole as, as, as books, you Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So it was one of the sort of mistake I'm, I've sort of regretted in a way that the, and The way that I, the way that I finally sort of packaged, formatted um, family songbook. So the book before this one, mm. um, uh, it, it, I think if people don't look closely, it might look like a a collection of you know of half a dozen poems. So it's, in fact, it was conceived in one hit as a single poem, and it was r- sort of written from beginning to end as, as a single poem. If I ever get a chance to republish it, I might make that a bit more obvious in the way that it's, yeah. The pieces, the, interview, mm-hmm. you know, the different poems, probably should be numbered and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, so uh, yeah, I, accumu- you know, sort of accumulating, you know, accumulating poems in a drawer as they occur to me doesn't seem. I, I mean, I wish I did, you mm-hmm. know, but I don't. I, that doesn't seem to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I seem to, I seem to, I seem to think in, in, in yeah, in in, in book sized. In, in, in book size chunks
0: <laughs> and so speaking of thinking in book size chunks what's happening with volume two and or three are they started in any i mean they're on your mind they're they, they're on your they're mind comp- as soon they... as you yeah. agree to do the first yeah, volume yeah. but are they any further ahead than that they're,
1: they're, they are further they're a little bit further than mm. ahead that i have some draft chapters of, of, mm-hmm. of volume two um and i have been working on it this year in otago and um the uh, but it's, it's been a funny year for reasons that you can imagine. Yes, yes. Uh, but it's, it's, starting, it's, starting to, it's starting to sort of uh, take take some shape in, in my mind. It's, it's, the 50s and 60s is, is very different from um, writing about the 30s and 40s, partly because it's not been written about nearly as much. Mm. You know, so you sort of have to build everything from the ground up to something. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but there, yeah, there isn't as yeah. much to call on. But also because there's a, there are a lot more writers, especially a lot more fiction writers, uh that sort of spread a bit more so sort of thinly and evenly so it's it's hard to it's hard to work out how to put a shape on it that sort of acknowledges you know enough of what's going on without it turning into a sort of encyclopedia yeah, you know, where yeah. everybody gets a paragraph yeah, yeah, which, is, yeah. you know, which is definitely yeah. not what i want but on the other hand um you know i also have this very strong feeling that this this it's probably it's probably unlikely to be done again yeah um uh and so I don't want to, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have the luxury of saying, oh well, if I don't talk about this person, somebody will come along yeah, later and yeah, talk about yeah, them. So yeah. that, that may not no, happen. No, I won't. Know? Yeah. So I would like. To, so that that's difficult. I want I want to impose a shape on it. Yeah. But I don't want to be too sort of selective. So it, it has its challenges. It puts the pressure on it yeah. on and the, you. And there's a lot of you know there's a there's a lot of reading. There's just a mm. lot of novels to familiarize mm. yourself with. And um, but it's it's coming together. I mean, I have a shape for it, and I think it will, I think it will will solve solve those problems. But um, it's you know we were talking about uh, anxiety and uh, and you know uh, you know how difficult it is to to face up to things that are that are that, are mm. that demanding and um, yeah I I'm, I'm uh, there are days I feel a bit like a rabbit in the headlights
0: yeah yeah and you mentioned you yeah, know, twenty twenty hasn't yeah has been a strange year <laughs> for everyone yeah. but I th- I wonder not to make too light of it but um, a writer with a, a writing fellowship is not a bad place to be no, in in a lockdown. It's and a, a fantastic
1: place to do lockdown. <laughs> the, the 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 only thing that's I mean yes I mean it, it is absolutely you couldn't wish you couldn't wish for a better job. The only thing that went wrong was I, during the first one I didn't have enough library books and I sort of, yeah right <laughs> I, I got caught the afternoon before lockdown oh. and didn't get to, you know, by the time I got there it, with my wheelbarrow the, the library had shut and I, um, so the that was all right I had the landfall. Landfall online mm. to keep me busy, but because I spend a lot of time burrowing around in, in 50s and 60s landfalls, mm, mm. but um, so there is one the the only the only you know the other side of that I do notice in 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 the wake of um in the wake of the covert, um, how understandably you know, rightly I guess you know, um, people's you know. Literature seems to be in a very serious-minded phase at the moment. Mm. Um, everybody who's writing is writing um, uh, um, is writing about. See, this is an exaggeration, but you, you get you, you get the feeling that anybody who's writing is writing. If they're not writing about the Christchurch massacre, they're writing about COVID. You know, it seems to be a time to write about um, serious things, and mm. you know why not? There's a lot of suffering going on. There's a lot of serious things to write about. Um, whereas it's not the, it's not the ideal time for my sort of natural instinct to sort of goof off, you know. So. <laughs> So, um, you know, goofing off in, in, um, in you know, like an escape path lighting or, mm. or, you know, sort of, um, you, know, you know, tending the obscure monuments of 50s and 60s New Zealand literature, um, they don't seem like the most sort of urgent tasks at hand, but hey.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, you know, I put this book of poems out this year and I, when I sort of um, announced it, if you like, on Facebook in the middle of a lockdown you know, yes, you have that moment where you think like, well, you know, uh, this is a weird kind of gloat that I've got a book coming out and then you think, well, you know, you're just telling people. And then, you know, a couple of people did sort of say to me, um, don't you think your poems aren't very important right now? And I was like, well, yes, but they've never been, you know, like, I agree with you, but you know, when's the time for this sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Like, and if, if, if anything, Maybe a bit of a distraction and a bit of levity isn't a bad thing, mm. but you know, like I'm under no delusions that these are
1: important or fixing
0: anything anyway.
1: Um, yes, I think that's a good place for poetry to start. I mean, to me, you know, you know, poetry is a sort of luxury space mm. where you can do the things that you can't do in, in everyday discourse, mm. um, and that is its function: to be excessive mm. and to be disposable and to be. Yeah, um, and I, I think it's. I think it's good for yours and my sanity to remember that about it yeah
0: yeah yeah totally and um did you count up the number of i became fixated with escape path lighting i wanted to start it again and count the number of exclamation points
1: there will be a lot of exclamation points and
0: you know again like i know that they used to exist a whole lot more um in in all sorts of writing and certainly in verse but i was like you know that's really they are so they're in place because of the style, but they're so out of place right now in mm-hmm. publishing in general. And I yeah. thought, like, this is a 180-page um, book and there would be at least that many. There's Excellent. pretty much one per page.
1: I'm sure there are. There's probably yeah. more. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the uh, exclamation marks, qualifiers, and mm. adjectives. Mm. Um, there's not, actually, there's not much rhyme in, 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 in this no. book. No. But um, uh, the, uh, you know, I think um, the... Certainly, the exclamation marks and the qualifiers would both be among the things that the the uh, the poetry police would come down very hard on when they got mm-hmm. hold of, when they got mm-hmm. hold of that manuscript. Um, I, I you know I like my I like my adjectives in threes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. one adjective is never enough. I like, I like just you know,
0: frustrated ad man.
1: Yeah, st- st- stringing <laughs> more adjectives the better. <laughs> I'm not you know, it's one of it's one of my one of my little rear, rear guard crusades. Did you to, have
0: to fight for any of those exclamation marks to stay?
1: Uh, I'm very pleased to say I didn't at all. No, um, Ashley seemed to understand the tone, yeah. the, the tone of what I was trying I was to say. Achieve. you had the right
0: person working. Yeah, no, on she it.
1: was very good with it. Um, the uh, and obviously they, that's what the, the the exclamation marks are, isn't it? They're they're, they're, they're tonal, yeah. Yeah. tonal indicators. It's because it's it's hard, isn't it, to try and. Um, you know, what What are the resources available to you to tell, to try and communicate to the reader what the narrative voice is meant to sound like. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and there are, there are one, you know, there are, and that, you know, um, elements of sort of punctuation and so forth, uh, you know, do italics, another one. Yeah, you yeah. Play there, you know?
0: Yeah, if it was, if it was, if it was stage directions, most mm. of those exclamation points would just have square brackets, laughs. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, italics, yeah, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, like, yeah, and that's yeah. how I started to kind of read, many of them yeah you know not yes, all that, but many of them yeah
1: i mean they they are yeah um um yes that they, they are a sort of that you know you you maybe you you know some people might say you don't you don't need that many you know you don't need to keep reminding the reader that you're being ironic but i think somehow uh, it feels as if you do you yes you just just make sure yeah you yeah, yeah it's it's you know it is it's it, they're a kind of vocal sort of inflection aren't they to, yeah. to, to try a sort of substitute for conveying the tone of the voice yeah
0: yeah yeah or a bit of a
1: yeah elbow in the room yeah 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 yeah, yeah, a, yeah. You know, lifted eyebrow yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um and do you want to talk briefly about the, because you've, you've had a few kind of um, writer and residence posts and, and things, so do you want to talk about the Burns and what that means and what oh, that means for you?
1: The, I mean, the Burns is terrific just because it's, it's, it's you know, as, as you know, it's the oldest fellowship mm. in New Zealand. It's the one that, 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 you know, that Charles Brash established, basically. His initiative, and I think a lot of a lot of Brash, you know, you know, Hallenstein money, it probably was, went in, into it. I, I don't actually know exactly how that how the how, how 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 that funding structure works, but it's basically it was basically endowed by by Brash, and um, so the point being, it's the oldest one, so it has and it's so it has it has sort of tradition and it has a kind of it has it has a kind of sort of civic identity Mm-mm. underneath. People know what the Burns is and mm. what it's for, and so. They, you know, they are quite, you know, you have a sort of quasi sort of public fa- function. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but and it has that public aspect of it has been curtailed a little bit by COVID. We lost, a, you know, a few mm. events. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I'm far more aware, um, you know, in in the, in in the burns that I have been in any other residency that I've 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 been lucky enough to have that uh, you are following in a in a you know a genealogy, and you know there are photos of all the you know the photos of the other. Burns fellows are around and they're and in fact you know for the last I don't know how many years 20 years the the, the Burns fellows obviously always use the same desk because they've everybody signed it in black felt pen and yeah um uh so yeah you 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 know um people sometimes say about residencies that you know they show up in an English department somewhere and, and nobody knows who they are and they don't sort of know what to do with them but you'd never you nobody would ever say that about the Burns, yeah you know? yeah um they look after you really well yeah and um yeah no so yeah i appreciate that and it's it and it's also it's good that it's good to have that chance to do a whole lot of work i have to do in the hock, and, mm, hock mm. and so on dunedin's dunedin's lucky they have such you know they have you know more more good poets per per head of population than anywhere else in the country i suspect closely followed by wellington of course yeah, i was going to say but, wellington's got a few yeah because Wellington's population yeah, after all isn't all yeah, that big but yeah but, uh, it's just you know um uh, with no disrespect to to christchurch I, yeah um, which uh, I am loyal to, unlike many people. Um, the nonetheless, it's uh, the the literary scene in England is much much stronger.
0: You've just ignored Auckland altogether, though. That's intentional. Where
1: what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so Charlotte Grimshaw can ride in and complain. <laughs>
1: Charlotte um, <laughs>
0: Prinshaw wouldn't do that. Did you, um, and has there been a temptation for you, or have you noticed, you probably haven't done that many, you, you, you mentioned doing one recently that you were happy with, but I was going to say, have your country songs started to sound a little bit like the Valanes and the Bats? <laughs> when they do country songs. <laughs> <They> do, <laughs> have actually. you soaked up any of that?
1: I don't know. That we'll hasn't been on we'll your have, mind. No, we'll have to see no. when I write some songs. i yeah. actually... As you as you probably know, I sort of drift in and you know I drift in and out of the music thing, and mm, um, mm. and especially if I'm you know I have, if I'm very preoccupied with yeah. a writing thing and and but you know the music tends to take a. Back back seat and I haven't because I haven't. I I need other. And people, you couldn't go and see anything this yeah, year either. I haven't. Seen you know, anything no. I know, and I I need other people around to yeah, yeah. Um, to make to make me play. I, yeah. I don't enjoy playing by myself very much. I you know I would like to have other people's chops to to lean on. Yeah. And yeah. I like the collaborative aspect of it. So. Uh, there hasn't been much to inspire me to play. I did do I did do um Cliff Fell and I did it did a did a gig in Nelson at the Nelson Arts Festival. He put together a cause you've done a you've done a few yeah, over he the and years. Yeah, yeah, I've done a few yeah, things, yeah. over the, years. Yeah. Um, the um he put together a band to perform a um to perform a a, a, a a you know, a spoken word text that he had turned into a song and um and uh, he did some other stuff as well and I, and I did a couple of songs with that band as part of a um and with with you know, we did some stuff together very good band actually he'd managed to get the sort of the nelson the local nelson 18 great. yeah nice yeah we had fun
0: um well is there anything that we need to mention that we haven't
1: what's it like um what's it like having to go out there and stand behind a book of poems
0: oh it's fine um yeah i've enjoyed it so i mean it's it just uh, i think i've i think i've exhausted the window of opportunity that might be there in terms of promoting it really you know like I've done a a launch and a couple of interviews and a couple of other things but um uh, it's been a process over the last couple of years of getting back into standing up and doing poems so it hasn't been a shock Mm. you know it's been a a motivated attempt not Mm. not that it was an attempt to put a book out but I got back into reading poems and at open mics which I hadn't done for a long time and I'm quite comfortable doing mm, that. Mm. Um, and so now I think maybe like having a an actual piece of product, having a thing to hold up and read from, it legitimizes that process in some ways. And um, yeah, it's mostly just been fun. Mm. I wasn't quite prepared for how sick I would get, how bored I would get of the poems in the book so quickly. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, yeah,
0: like in terms of reading them, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I stand by the work. I'm really yeah. glad it exists. Yeah. And I... Um, so that's not to be self-effacing but it's interesting i guess because i've i've always gone and read different poems every time Mm. so now having to read the same one and being told by a couple of people that they really like a particular one and asking for it, it's almost starting to be like place your hit
1: Mm -hmm. which
0: i wasn't anticipating
1: yeah and um will there be more
0: um, this has been a good little mic switch to interviewer interviewer. I like it. Um, yeah, maybe, I don't know. My, um, publisher Mary was very good at identifying that probably my poems are really frustrated prose poems. Mm-hmm and that maybe i should be moving more towards that mm. blocks of text and little short stories and poems and she's quite interested in seeing some short stories or yeah. some so there'd definitely be something else whether mm. there'll be another volume of poetry i um, i'm not about to t- try and do a, a a verse novel that's for sure that's that that's but too I'm... no well i have well, got to admit i was like hey this is this is such a fun format like reading mm. it made me go you know because it's been a while since i've read any kind of yeah i read a few verse novels but it's been a while and I was like man what a great format for all of the things mm. we've just discussed mm. I'm, I'm very much like like you in the in the sense that I would like if I was going to write a novel I'm like well yeah all that other stuff that's really tricky it'd be nice to, to leave that shit mm. out and just have fun with dialogue and characters so
1: and, yeah and it, you know it constantly you know it's, it's like it wants to turn your life into comedy yeah yeah,
0: yeah 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 what else
1: what else yeah, is your life for and
0: that's and that's <laughs> a huge um theme in my poetry work Mm. like that they are jokes and stories Mm. they are just yarn yarns Mm. you know that's what i'm trying to do i mean i think i'll i think i'll play with a few different forms and i think maybe you know there'll definitely be another book Mm. of some kind but whether it'll be another volume of this just feels like a nice um well like you sort of talked about your stuff this is i didn't write these for the book they all exist I think there's one brand new poem that was written specifically for the book which um was written about a month or two before it got published and it was very very much for the book and everything else is over the last few years and there's loads more so yes I could make another volume tomorrow or next year um but yeah I don't know when it'll be but I'm not scared off good and I don't, you know, I think like my stuff's not important enough to be reviewed anywhere and also there aren't um, really reviewers anymore or opportunities, so I'm really not too worried about what happens there. I'll probably mm. get a scathing review somewhere and I'll probably get as much because of who I am and what I've done as for the work and I'll possibly get like a positive review somewhere and that'll be it,
1: mm-hmm. you know, so that's... I, I, do, you, do, you, do you sort of, do you, do you wonder, you know, Okay, I've got a public profile, yeah. you know, I've, you know, I've been in the, in the news and in the gun for this yeah, and that yeah, and so yeah. forth. should I try and trade on that and, you know, use that to, you know, get this to you I, know, <laughs> get this book noticed or do you?
0: I think I did that in the small way that I could with, um, I wrote a piece for, for the reading room, for the newsroom, mm. um, that Steve Brawnius asked me to do, um, basically just telling the story about the Robbie Williams yeah, thing, which right. is, which is in the book. Yep. And it was, you know, at the bottom, it's like, the book's out now. Mm. I reckon that's about as close as I yep. got. And I feel, I feel like that was done with the right level of, I don't know if dignity is the yeah. word, but, you I know, think like... Probably,
1: a, I think it probably was. Uh, well, you know, that's how I... That, that, was how, that was how I first knew you had a book out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know. So it was a good way of telling people that yeah. didn't know, mm. and it's an interesting story And mm. in anyway, I think, and um, it was a good way of shitting on stuff mm. without um, trying to l- launch an all-out attack, because mm. I still read stuff, and I know people do, and I don't have huge baggage towards them, but I think what they did with me was shitty, so it was a way of dealing with that without, you know, um, but yeah, no, I've, I mean, God, who cares, I'm not important, like... What could i do the only other thing <laughs> the only other thing we did was by complete fluke uh a tv news crew came around here to talk to me when eddie van halen died and um jokingly my friend who was here was like oh you need to because the book wasn't actually even out it was coming out a week and so i had there were two copies in the house and he, he jokingly said, oh, we'll just prop this book up behind you when you speak. And the cameraman said, no, no, I've already seen that. We'd like to put that in the, I thought I could put that in the foreground of the shot. So <laughs> I was sitting in the chair over there and they're asking me about Eddie Van Halen and the camera sort of just subtly pans over the cover of the book. And I thought, well, th- yeah, those two things, the fact that that happened and a couple of people messaged me and went, you know, saw you on the news. And, a co- and, and as part of that, they were like, did you, did you purposely you know shamelessly put your book cover in the shot yeah. and I was able to say actually someone else decided that
1: but you know I mean some people <laughs> who, who we won't, won't name of course would you know pick up the pick up the book and you know yeah, just hold on I got to read your poem you yeah know? yeah oh totally yeah 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 no 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 I'm not going to not going to be one of those I mean but you've got to you know I mean I, in, in all seriousness I, I think a lot about about marketability these days yeah. and it's such a thing because as you say you know the because the the reviewing outlets yeah. have, have dried up Yeah, you know even even um you know any writer it doesn't matter if they're you know if they're a um you know a sort of quasi popular writer or or if they're you know um you know some obscure old academically trained curmudgeon like oneself um the the only way you know the even to reach even to reach you know um the the you know the sort of you know three or four hundred people who you know would you know um might expect to be interested in a book like Escape Path Lighting, you've got to sort of go through some sort of marketing route. Mm. You can't go through the, you know, the, the review venues. You know, that sort of infrastructure doesn't exist anymore. You've yeah. Got, you've actually somehow got to sort of make some noise just so even your own people know that it's it's out there.
0: Well, you know, totally. And I think like, uh, you know, this is not for everyone. Uh, this is not for everyone that publishes books. But um, I feel like an extension of the launch, like some sort of book tour, mm. Is probably the way forward again, mm. like because I've only been to a couple of shows this year since since lockdown, a couple of gigs, and I'm burnt out with gigs mm. in general, so mm. I'm not rushing to go to them. But the ones that I've been to. I've really enjoyed and, um, and the audience has really enjoyed them and the interaction between the, the, the gratitude between the audience and the performer has been palpable. Mm. And these like Dave Dobbin and Reb Fountain and mm. the Beths bands like that and artists like that. And, um, and I, I even went to a devil skin show, which is not my thing at all. And mm. I liked being there enough. And I really understood the rapport between mm. the audience and the band. So those are the things I've seen. And, um, yeah, I just think like maybe maybe writers doing their work live is really the way to connect with people mm-hmm. and have people buy into it and have the old fashioned merch table but I realise that's not for everyone. Not, that's not for everyone that writes words. A lot of people feel very uncomfortable with that, and it still requires an infrastructure yeah. around it. That's you know, I had a couple of people message me and go, "Hey, I really like your book. I live in Gisborne. When are you doing a book tour? Mm-hmm. When would you perform here?" And it's like um, never. N- I, um, not because I don't like Gisborne. I'd love to go yeah. there, but how am I going to do that? Like
1: a variety show would be fun. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, I don't know, three or four poets and three or four. Musicians and I. Oh, totally. And, and well, you know, I did a stand-up comic or something. And, totally. Yeah, do a I
0: did a little version of that with my launch. I had a musician and I had two other poets read, mm-hmm. and I had their books for sale at the event because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be and because again this was sort of coming out of lockdown and out of restrictions and, and it was at meow rather mm-hmm. than in a bookstore. It was mm-hmm. at a venue, mm-hmm. and and then I was like. Well, I'm a confident speaker. I'm just going to MC it mm. because that way I get to introduce the people and tell you why I've chosen them. Mm. Because you know, Frey is a great poet. Rachel McAlpine's a great poet. I want them. I want to say why I chose them. I didn't just see who was available. I actually chose these people. And yeah, the feedback we got that was it was like a little bit of a variety show. And I think yeah, that that's exactly what I'm kind of basing it on too. Mm. It's like how could you, you know how could you do little versions of that? Mm. And that that's probably what it takes, mm. you mm. know. Mm. But, um, you know, then every writer's going to be hitting up Creative New Zealand, not just for a publishing grant, but for like a touring, a touring grant as well. Yes, and yes. then all the musicians will get shitty that they, you know, there's less in the pot for them mm. because poets can run a bit cheaper than bands. I don't, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I do think that taking, you know, and for me, I've always been... You know, I grew up loving those shows, Gary McCormick and Sam Hunter. And I don't know if Gary McCormick's a good poet. I sort of never thought he was. Um, But he's a great performer. I enjoyed him as a performer. Um, Sam, I'm a little bit more passionate about some of his stuff on the page. I think a lot of it really does work. And I think he almost um, jokes too much around how he's never been taken seriously as a poet because I think a lot of people have taken him seriously. But a great performer and a person who took poetry all over... I mean, growing up in Hawke's Bay in the 80s and 90s, how the fuck would you hear about poetry unless mm. people like that turned up? That was that was how I knew, mm. you know? So I've always come... I've sort of always had that in mind, that that's a thing you can do with it. Mm. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. It's... I just think it's a small window, and you just grab it and go for it, and then it's over. And if you can... Um, feel not too embarrassed at the end of it you've done well
1: damn well i've been on the sweetman podcast now so i feel i've done my due diligence <laughs> that's it
0: that's, that's, this that's has been part it. of your this
1: is my, this is, is it no, i, is I think
0: shot. i think i first asked you a few years ago and you were like well, what would i possibly talk to you about <laughs> you must have been between well between books when i asked you the, the the last poetry book must have just come out and then you'd moved away uh, from wellington but you were like And you know another thing that i think is really funny and i I, someone had to remind me of this that um escape path lighting is one of the names you wrote down as a band name (laughs) And I, I think I might be misquoting myself, but I think I said to you, leave me out of the band decision, but I'm not playing in a band called Escape Art Lighting. I think that's I think, exactly what you said. I, I, I don't care, but I'm, I don't care what it is, but I'm not playing in a band called Escape well, Art Lighting. Yeah. And when, and I didn't, when I, when I knew about your book coming out and when I went and, when I saw it in the shop and went and bought it, none of that came back to uh. mind. It wasn't until I was actually into it. And then I was like, hang on, why is this name?
1: Well, <laughs> you did, you did literature an enormous favor. Yeah. <laughs> Saved it from being wasted on a, <laughs> a, 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 as a band name, and um, it uh, actually it um, it was you know the uh, it, it was a it was a huge it really it really helped me. I really, initially, it was the book was initially going to be called Slack Slack Key Guitar. That was mm. the original the original title, and um, a whole lot of stuff. You know, I don't know, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't quite remember how how the other title suggested itself to me, but a whole lot of stuff came along with it. It's, it resolved a whole lot of problems. It's all a bit sort of buried in the text, but at least my own own mind, it it it, it, um, it brought a whole lot of things together, and you, it's um, and it's a it's a much it's a much it's a much uh, snappier and more saleable title. So I'm pleased. Well,
0: to yes, but you're missing out on that um, crucial Hawaiian market. They, no,
1: they it, might have. They might have. They might have bought it thinking it was an instructional. They might have been manual. Up then I went through huge contortions to have a scene where somebody actually played the played slacking guitar <laughs> yeah. um, that, that, was, that turned out to be beyond, <laughs> beyond what I could do so it's was quite to get rid of it. Life worked unable to Stop the visions of his wife Francine the Madness came over him a madness came over him In a corner of a bar called the Swiss Alley.